We're back. Everybody enjoy lunch? It was good, wasn't it? Yay for Pat's. That's where it came from. Down there when um, Revolution. That's right. I'm getting all these streets. Revolution, Union. I know. Okay. Okay, we were on page 17. And we talked about for we were under hindrances of healing. Am I right? Okay. Um, and we talked about lack of faith. And um, the second one is saying, unconfessed sin can restrict God's desire to heal. And that's, uh, that's found in James 5.6. And James 5.16, that scripture tells us this. Confess your sin to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So we're seeing a direct correlation uh, between lack of, you know, holding on to sin that we talked about earlier that has gone unconfessed and being healed. So when we're looking to, when we're praying for healing, um, we want to be sure that that's not one of the hindrances that we're holding on to. Um, and if we're praying for someone over an extended period of time and, and you're not seeing any healing effects take place and they're still suffering, you know, we might want to say, is there anything, you know, that, that you feel you're not right with God with? Is there anything you need to talk to them about? Is there anything you need to confess? And just lay it all out there and then it's up to them whether they're gonna, they want to own that or they, they do own that and, and do something about it. Um, Another hindrance is not praying specifically. Uh, we see that in uh, James 4.3. We may be praying for physical healing when there is a need for inner healing first. And remember, we t- we dis- remember the hinge? Remember Joan and the hinge and how she was sick for so long with the stomach ailment and the headaches and all. But what the healing was hinging, you know, on her forgiving her dad for the abusive situations and so forth. So that's always a possibility. Again, um, that could be a possibility. It's not always a possibility um, because, as we said, there's no one set pattern. But we need to be aware of the possibilities so we can minister fully uh, to the person coming to us. A person who transgresses the laws of nature. A person may be abusing their body that creates the poor physical problems to begin with. Um, so that could be something like, I remember years back, I had a, a dear friend, and she was extremely overweight. And um, she had a, a severe problem with high blood pressure. And the doctor had said to her, if you lose weight, it will help with the blood pressure. And um, she did try. I have to say, she, she tried some different methods and Weight Watchers and things like that. But, but then she'd go to Weight Watchers and stop at the uh, bakery and get two cream donuts on the way home. You know, so that's what this is talking about. This is when we don't do all we can do, you know, physically, like, the, like that situation. So she didn't lose weight, she gained weight. And then the obesity turned into diabetes. And then it compounded the problem. That's what this is talking about. Um, if we don't take care of ourselves, do what we know we should do, to keep our bodies strong, keep our bodies healthy, you know, and then come and say, okay, Lord, heal me of this or that. And we continue those negative behaviors against what we're calling here the laws of nature. 
Okay, manifestation of healing through prayer. Healing that comes through our emotions or memories can often affect our bodies. That's what we talked about, like the situation with Joan earlier. That's when we're holding on to uh, we need inner healing because of resentments, unforgiveness that we might be holding on to because of whatever has happened to us. And I think sometimes people get caught up in, or we get caught up in the fact that, well, they were wrong, and they should have never done that. And that's all true. That could all be all, all, all true. But the fact is that as we hold on to it, we're hurting ourselves. If we're not forgiving, it's like we're, we're ingesting that poison of unforgiveness that can cause physical problems. And... Um, I remember attending years back, attending a seminar such as this, and it was this was this was the topic, and they were talking about the fact that the person could be holding on to unforgiveness, resentments, and they have a right to feel that way because of what happened to them. Nobody would say they didn't, and and this lady that they were using as the example, you know, she. For years and years, she suffered from this and had a lot of physical problems because of this, had a nervous breakdown, had a lot of depression. And she went to the doctor one time, and she went through the whole thing again and said, he was wrong, he did this, he did that, and I know I'm right because he shouldn't have done it. And the doctor said to her, do you want to be right or do you want to be well? And I never forgot that. I thought, you know, and I've shared that often because that's so true. Do we want to hold on to the fact that, yeah, we're right, shouldn't have done it, I have a right to be angry and, and you know, not forgiving him, but do we want to be right or do we want to be well? And I think there, there was a lot of wisdom in just that, that, one, that one sentence. Okay. Uh, healing can speed up the natural processes of physical healing, and that's true. That's true. We do, like Father Dale said, you have the Lord gives us the medical profession and, and the medications on one hand and, and his healing power and love on the other hand. Ideally, they're brought together and healing takes place. And so prayers for healing, you could be on a medication, you could be receiving treatment. I mean, people that are on even strong meds like chemotherapy or things of that sort, um, radiation for cancer, still receive prayer just because we're on medication doesn't mean we don't pray we pray that the lord uses the medicine we pray that the lord takes away all those negative effects that that we know chemotherapy does you know it, it, it destroys your your good cells your healthy cells while it's while it's attacking the cancer cells um which is what tears down immune system and so forth um, but we can pray that that doesn't happen. You know, we, we, can, we can pray that the Lord take away what is, what is not good and use only what is good. And um, I remember um, when my husband was first diagnosed um, with mantle cell lymphoma, which is a very um, rare type of lymphoma. We were told that from the beginning and that there wasn't much could be done for that. Um, we found a clinical trial that um, we would go into the hospital for uh, five days. He'd have chemo 24-7. We did that for like three months. And it put him in, um, in remission for seven years, which was a real gift. 
because a lot of good things happened to us in those seven years. But I remember looking, reading over the clinical trial, you had to sign all these papers that ended with, you know, this could cause death, this could cause death. And you had to sign those knowing that that's, that could happen as a result of this medication. And it, it, I kept thinking, how am I, how are we going to do this? And he's going to be ingesting intravenously all of this poison, because that's what it is. It's poison. And a person that I was in um, a prayer group with at the time um, brought me the scripture and it's the one that says, you can step on serpents and snakes and drink poison and nothing will harm you. And I shared that scripture with her. So every time that they would come and change the bag and so forth, you know, we would remember that scripture. And think, well, this is the poison. And the Lord's promising it won't harm. And he did get through that, um, that time of of that medicine um, without harmful effects, you know, without getting really sick. And um, I believe that was an answer, a real answer to prayer, because naturally that stuff causes a lot of problems. Some people die because of the cure, because of the chemotherapy. So um, the healing, the prayers of healing can really help even when things look very negative, you know, from a medical point of view. Um, the gradual healing of a severe physical ailment that would have required surgery. And now I, I have seen that happen, or something that normally would require surgery, such as, let's say, the first, the first time I actually saw somebody healed was in, in the beginning for me, and it was in the 70s, and I went to a, um, a healing uh, conference in Philadelphia, and uh, Father Francis McNutt, he was one of the pioneer folks to bring healing into the Catholic Church back at that time. And um, we were all invited. There were people there that, that came who were sick and who needed prayer. And some were coming out. They brought them from hospitals and so forth. And he, it was a small group of us. And he would gather us around. And he would lead the prayer. And we would watch. And then we would pray and so forth. And there was, I'll never forget this, there was a person that came that had a, a large tumor on their arm, like like right above, you know, right above the, like the wrist bone. It was a large tumor. You couldn't miss it. And they were supposed to have surgery for that and so forth. Uh, they had a biopsy and it was malignant. And um, he started praying and everybody was praying like in the spirit and supporting him in prayer and so forth. And um, he is a person that that first came up with the whole idea of soaking prayer. And it's like you soak the area or you soak the condition in prayer. You know, just as like if you had a bad ankle and the doctor says soak it in hot water or whatever. Um, and so you soak it in prayer. And so we prayed a long time for this person, like a couple hours. The reason for the length of that was because you could see it gradually diminishing. You could actually see it. I mean, I saw it with my own eyes. I saw it. It was amazing. Getting smaller. And so he would say, well, it's responding to prayer. The Lord's diminishing this. Let's keep praying. And after, it was maybe two and a half, three hours. After that time, it was gone. 
it was gone. Like there was there was no lump there. And he had everybody feel it. You could feel nothing underneath. There was just like it wasn't there. Praise the Lord. So, um, you know, it, it, it happens. As Father Dale said, you know, it, we don't know why it doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. And I, I saw it happen. And um, this uh, uh, Francis McNutt is, has a lot of wisdom as far as healing is concerned. And as I say, he was a, a priest in the Catholic Church and, um, and he's in good standing with the church today. Um, and we're going to introduce you to him and, you know, and share some of his wisdom, you know, as we try to build the culture of healing here at St. Patrick's. Um, and then immediate healing through a creative miracle. That, that can happen. It can happen. Um, I haven't seen it happen often, a creative a creative miracle. Um, a creative miracle usually is indicative of um, praying that, like, a body part would be restored. The Lord would create, you know, let's say a person. Um, let's say a person lost a part of their a limb or their arm, and we pray that, that that be restored. That's called a creative miracle, that the Lord would create that body part. And that would happen for that person. Okay. Uh, two, number two is prayer for inner healing. Memories can cripple and, and bind people. It can keep them in bondage and prevents God's healing power from working in them. God's love can transform even our memories to set us free. This is called inner healing or healing inner hurts. We talked about that earlier when this, when this was mentioned. Sometimes that can block Lack of that, lack of the forgiveness, lack of acceptance um, can, can block physical healing. But so the first thing to do is, you know, to, to take care of that and to pray for that for the person in a way that they can receive it, accept it, and understand it. And then sometimes then the, the physical healing just happens. Other times then we pray for physical healing, and then that healing is brought to completion. Inner healing is God's transforming power to heal the effects of trauma and sin at every stage of our earthly journey, freeing us from its crippling effects. So, because Hebrews 13.8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and for all of our tomorrows, the Jesus that you know today can go back with you to that time, to that place, and transform that in your mind and in your heart. And bring healing to whatever it is that you're remembering, whatever it is that you experience. And as we said, that's, that's inner healing. It's teaching people to accept the presence of God in their past, in their present, and in their future. Helping them to forgive everyone and setting them free to live their fullest potential. And that's what we all want to do, don't we? And what we want for those that we love and those that... That are our brothers and sisters in Christ. We want them to live life fully. To reach, we all want to reach our fullest potential. Amen. And we have the tools to help one another get there, and to help one another do that. Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, can take the memories of our past and heal them from the wounds that still remain and affect our present lives. He can fill with His love all those places in us that have so long been empty 
once they have been healed and drained of the poison of past hurts and past resentments. We can ask Jesus to walk back in time to the places within us where we hurt and free us from the darkness of that past. Now, oftentimes, um, the difficulty in situations like that is people will say, well, you know, you explain to them how the prayer is going to go and that Jesus is the same and he can go back with you. And they say, well, if he was there, why did he let that happen to me? You know, if he was there and he loves me so much and, you know, why did he allow that? And the we do have, we do have an answer for that one. And this isn't a mystery. The, the answer to that is because he gives all of us freedom of choice, free will. He doesn't impose his will on any of us, whether it's for good or whether it's for evil. So he wouldn't have stopped whatever, whoever that perpetrator was of the abuse or evil that this person received. Jesus is not going to come and stop him from doing it because he never, ever forces his will. And he never, ever takes our free choice or our free will away from us. That's why there's evil in the world. That's why we had a 9-11. That's, that's why we see these things going on. Because even though it's against the will of God, and it isn't something certainly that he would want, create, or bless, he doesn't stop those people by taking away, robbing them of their free will or their free choice. So that's why some. Good things happen to bad people. Good, no, bad things happen to good people. Okay. So how do we pray for the healing of the past? We invite Jesus into the healing process because he alone protects us from the deceptions and the evil one. And this keeps us from being overwhelmed by too much at one time. So we always bring Jesus in. We invite Jesus in. And we always pray, as I said earlier, in the name of Jesus. Because that's where our authority comes from, in the name of Jesus. Um, inner healing brings the power of the risen Christ into the dark areas of our heart where, where there are broken memories. The prayer does not erase the memory, but transforms it. In other words, the prayer doesn't give us amnesia. It doesn't mean that you or me or whoever is going to forget that that ever happened. But what happens is you see it through a different lens. You see it in a different way. You see it with, with, with God being there, allowing it, but yet you can see the different ways where you were protected in that, and you can see his plan that has brought you to the point of this healing time where no longer is it crippling you, no, no longer is, does, it, does it poison. And the power that comes with that is the power of the risen Christ. Now, that's, we're talking about the power that raised Jesus from the dead. So that's pretty powerful, isn't it? And, and so, you know, it can do anything, and he can do anything. So a, a healing, a partial healing for inner healing would be, to, we would ask ourselves this, and, and, and if someone else is coming to us and we see this kind of prayer necessary, we would ask these types of questions. Were you greatly embarrassed when you were a child or young adult? Can you see hurtful events beginning early in your life and building upon one another? Do you wish you were someone else? Do you dislike yourself? 
Are there habits that control you? In other words, rather than us controlling them, they control. They control us. Do you dislike your own sex or the opposite sex? Do you often find your reaction to something is out of proportion to whatever the stimulus was? Do you have unreasonable fears? Do you experience overwhelming guilt feelings, even after you've repented for things wrong? Do you have a reoccurring memory of a past hurt? Often that reoccurring memory can revisit through dreams. So it could be, are you having a reoccurring dream that takes you back to that time of a past hurt? Do you have a nearly continuous feeling of anger within you? Do you have a fantasy world that you escape to? And do you have a physical illness that has no known cause? So that, that is just a partial checklist, indicators, you might say, you know, like of a need, of a need for inner healing, healing of past hurts, healing of memories. There are, there are more, but these, these are, the, are the pivotal ones. Okay, now we're going to move into the five-minute prayer. Now, this, this is important, and we stress this because... I don't think you missed 19. I did? Did I miss 19? Thank you for telling me. My 19 stuck to 18. Wait a minute. Okay, you're right. Oh, that's a good one, too. The importance of forgiveness. Thanks, Joanne. Okay, the importance of forgiveness. We're not going to five minutes yet. Inner healing and forgiveness are vital to the healing process. And again, we've given examples of that, talked about that, how unforgiveness can keep us bound. Unforgiveness can be like a, as a poison we ingest. Unforgiveness can be a single most, the single most reason to block healing of all kinds. Our forgiveness of others and of ourselves is critical to healing of the whole person. And that's important, too. We've talked about forgiving others, but oftentimes we blame ourselves. You know, why did I let that happen? Why did I let them say that to me? Why did I let them do that to me? You know, why, why didn't I stop it? Why didn't I tell somebody? Why did I keep it hidden, pushed down? And so we can then hold ourselves responsible, in a sense, and then have a hard time. Oftentimes, it's hardest to forgive yourself than to forgive someone else. So that's, we address that also through different types of prayer when we talk about forgiveness. Because we need to say, well, have you been able to forgive yourself? They might feel, even though rationally they know there's no... There's nothing really they need to forgive themselves for, yet they hold themselves. People, we tend to hold ourselves responsible, hold ourselves accountable, thinking that perhaps if I would have done something different, it wouldn't have happened. Perhaps I could have changed that. So we need to forgive others, and we need to forgive ourselves. The process of prayer for inner healing, we bring to the Lord all the things about the person that troubles you. So if we, let's say we... we we know we need this for ourselves, you know. Um, or if we're praying with somebody, um, usually this type of prayer uh, doesn't, it's not practical to think it can happen like at the prayers after Masses 
because that's where we're, we use the five-minute prayer, just because of time and where we are and so forth. But we're going to talk about, when I talk about what's going to happen at St. Patrick's, we're going to see that there's other times to receive prayer because this, this prayer takes more time. Or we ask the person to bring before the Lord um, things about the person that, that they're dealing with that troubles them. And then we pray with them regarding that. Or if we're doing this for ourselves, we pray. We bring to the Lord all the things about us that you think troubles that person. And we pray. We bring to the Lord your heart's desire for this person um, and pray. The I have found, and many people concur, that the best way to get rid of ill feelings towards somebody, like we're talking about, that has harmed you, um, is to pray for them. Just to pray for them. Because what that does is that helps us move to that decision of forgiveness. It helps us to um, get rid of that inside of us, you know. And then we're turning them over to the Lord. It's We're not in control, you know, the Lord is. And so we pray for them, and what it does, it, it brings healing to our hearts and softens our hearts. And then we bring to the Lord our heart's desire for ourselves, what we want, how we want to change, what we want the new path to look like, how we want the Lord to help us, where where we telling him where we need help. And then if we're praying with someone, we help them do the same. So that's basically basically the move through it gives you it gives you some idea of just what it is and what it all entails now we move to five minute prayer right page 20 we all on page 20 now yes. all right okay now this is the type of prayer that um that we'll be using with prayer teams um here at st patrick's now and I'm going to talk about prayer teams at all when we talk about where is this going for St. Patrick's and what they are and how they, numbers and so forth. But what it basically is, it's a brief time to receive the laying one of hands for spiritual, physical, or emotional healing by a team of two people. Why two people? Jesus sent them out two by two. So we go two by two. Um, and as I said, it's brief, so that's why we want to keep it to five minutes. Um, the types of prayer requests that can be brought to you um, would be somebody maybe unemployed. They want prayer for a, for a job. They're trying to sell their home. They want prayer for a buyer. Um, <clears throat> they're trying to conceive a child. And so they want, they want prayer that that would happen for them. Um, protection, wisdom, and direction they feel they need from the Lord. We pray for that. And then, of course, healing of an illness or healing of a relationship. Lots of people have relationship problems, particularly with people that are closest to them, their immediate family. It could be a spouse. It could be a child. It could be a grown child. It could be, you know, people that they work with. Uh, and, you know, they, they come for prayer for healing, which is a big first step, and where we're really blessed and honored to be able to help them make it. Okay, what is our role in doing that? It's LLP, listen, love, and pray. So it's a it's a threefold role, and um, people need to get it out through articulating it and telling someone about it. We all have that need, don't we? We 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 need to say that this is 
This is what's bothering me. This is what I'm dealing with. This, these are my challenges. We, so, and we need somebody that will listen to us, you know, until we're finished saying what we need to say, you know. And and we and we use the active listening skills, such as you know, making eye contact with the person, such as maybe nodding as they're talking, nodding your head, like we understand, you know. Uh, maybe um, touching them on their arm or something to show compassion and empathet- empathy and so forth. Um, so we so we listen and we we bring um, and usually you know people that are that that are attracted to prayer ministry have a natural uh, compassion for people and so when you hear a person's need it it touches your heart and you want to help and you want to reach out. And you want to bring love, and it gives you that. That somebody said that uh, last night. That in praying with somebody, they they felt the love for the person. Um, and that's the Lord. That's the Lord's love, and He does that and gives that to us. So we want to bring that, and um, and we want to tell Him, you know, I, I hear you, I understand, and and you know, Jesus loves you too. That Jesus that you just received in the Eucharist, Jesus that you just heard about through the gospel message or the homily. You know, he's here with you, and, and he loves you. And then you pray with them. Some people will ask for prayer for someone close to them. Now, if somebody, that isn't that isn't the actual purpose of these prayers, because the prayers are to pray with the individual for their specific need. But if someone comes to you and say, oh, you know, my son is sick, and, and you know, I want you to pray with me for them, you, we're certainly going to do that. We're not going to say, well, that's, that's not on our... That's something we do. We're going to pray for them. Of course. We're not going to say, no, no. <laughs> Wrong line. No, we're, we're, we're going to pray for whatever their need, need would be. But, but then what we want to do is say to them, because since this is, you know, we want to make this as personal for them as we can. We want to say, how does that affect you? After you've prayed for, say, the son, how does that affect you, Aunt Mary? Um, how, what, how can I pray for you to help you deal with this? Because then we're getting to the person, the caregiver, whoever this is, this person that loves this son. How does seeing him suffer? How does seeing him in pain? How does seeing him go through this affect you? And it does affect us, doesn't it? I mean, if you've ever had somebody close, you know. You know. You know. And so then we want to minister to that person's individual needs too. So we simply say, well, how does that affect you? And if they say, well, I'm fine with it, I'm okay, then you know they don't want to go there. And you accept that. We don't take people, we don't take people to where they don't want to go. Um, and if they say that, then you say, fine, and you close the prayer for the son, and, and, and that's, amen, that's it. But if they do say whatever it is, then, then you pray for them in their needs. So you're, you're doing what they've asked you to do. You've prayed for the, for the son, but you've also said, how, how does it affect you? How can I pray for you? Okay, the process. After you have asked them what is the concern or where does it hurt, ask them if it's okay if you touch them, if you lay hands on them. Most people will say yes. Most people will say yes. If, and, and I say that, you know, for any, even if it's women to women or um, if, if it's in a, in a private area of the body, you know, ask that, let's say it's the breast. You ask the woman to put her hand on where it hurts, and then you lay your hand over hers. Okay? Um, so what we do is we ask the Holy Spirit to come, 
come Holy Spirit and, and you know, and bless Tyler. Come Holy Spirit and bless Mary. And then we pray a petition such as, Lord, please heal Tyler of his illness. Thank you for working in his life. Also, pray the prayer of command. You may need to do that, such as, say, the person is in a lot of pain. So, remember, we're praying in the name of Jesus. We have the authority in the name of Jesus as Christians, as his sons and daughters. So we, we say, I break the power, I break the power of this pain in your back in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're praying it in the name of Jesus. It's helpful to ask before praying if the person is in pain. I mean, we don't want to pray for any pain that's not there. So, you know, that's one of the questions if they say, you know, I have a bad back. And say, well, is it hurting you now? Are you in pain now? Um, and then if so, we do that. And then we do, as I said earlier, ask them how much pain do they have. On a scale of 1 to 10, I know you've all heard this from a doctor when you've been in the hospital. 1 being the least, 10 being the highest, what's the level of your pain? And they're going to tell you. Reason being, so then... When you're after you pray, you can say, "Well, what's the pain now?" Like, say it was a ten, they might say, "Well, it's a six. Well, you know, it's we're making some progress here. So you, after they tell you their situation, you're going to be quiet for a few minutes, and you're being quiet so you can hear the Lord, so you can hear whatever it is, and you hear them through the thoughts that you have. You know, I know you all know there's no loud booming voice that comes that you hear. You, you don't hear an audible voice. But you trust that because you've asked for the Lord's presence, you've asked for the Holy Spirit, because, you know, you're a Christian, that, um, that the Lord will use your thoughts or images, images, like I had the image of the elbow, images that you have. Um, some people get images, some people don't. But whatever it is, however it works for you. And then, um, so you wait quietly, or if, you're, if you pray in tongues, you would pray quietly in tongues. Um, then you ask the person what they feel, and they'll say, they might say, I don't feel anything. Um, or they might say, um, I feel at peace. Well, that's good. That's a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 tells us about all the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, peace, joy, patience, self-control. So that's good. That's a sign that the Holy Spirit's there. And then you pray again, you know, whether it's that prayer command or petition prayer. And then you wait a few minutes, and again, you know, we don't want to be afraid of quiet or silence. And then ask them, well, what has happened? Has anything happened? How do you feel? And we listen to what they say. Now, they might say, well, I feel a little better, but I'm, I'm still hurting. That's when then, because of our situation and where we are in time, and there's a line of people, this is the five-minute prayer, so we can't take longer than that. But we are going to be offering, and we're going to talk about that, other ways that they can come to prayer teams for prayer if they need more extended prayer. And we'll talk about that, you know, in our next teaching. Um, and then we close the time of prayer, ensuring them that the Lord's care and love is for them and with them. That God, you know, in other words, even though you still have something, God loves you. He can continue, continue to work in you as you leave here. And then we'll talk about how we can schedule them for further prayer if they would so like to do that. Basically, that's the five-minute prayer. That's what we're going to be doing after the um, after Masses here at St. Patrick's. So um, it's a lot to think about. It's a lot to pray about. But anybody can do it. I mean, you're getting a lot of information last night. 
And this morning it may feel like a lot to digest, but when you take it little in small pieces bit by bit, it's really something that we all can do. So we're going to take a little break now. How long you want the break? Five. We're going to take. Oh, we're going to take a five-minute break. So um, if you want to get some dessert or some grapes or drinks, please do so, and we'll come back in five minutes, which would be one fifteen. Thank you. Okay. <laughs>